0: And then, great to see a risen Savior, Amen. It's great to see that He is alive and He is well, and He is sitting at the right hand of the Father for me and you today, interceding for us. Easter is always a difficult—I shouldn't say difficult time; it's a great time. But Easter is always a tough time for a pastor because you feel like, man, they know the story. I mean, probably anybody here this morning could get up and tell the story of Easter, but it's—it's a great story, but. A few months ago, you know, if you came in here and seen our Christmas program, we had this big stage set up, and man, Danny was all nervous and everything, and, and we was all hoping everything would go well, and we portrayed the, the story of the baby Jesus, and he had come just like they said, and man, we, we really like that story, we get really wrapped up in the birth, and you know, a lot of you have new babies either coming or just got here, some of you got new, new babies in your family, and we always get really excited about the birth of a baby. And guys, listen, when Jesus was born, it was no different. They, his family was excited. People were excited. Uh, the, the shepherds seemed to be excited about it. And you remember those words that we read in Luke 2 uh, just a few months ago? So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to rest her with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. We talked about that, and we we love Christmas. And guys, if we really think about it, Easter is the rest of the Christmas story. It's the rest of why Jesus came. And we sit there and we go, well, maybe you don't know. Maybe you're sitting here today and you say, Brother Zach, why, why did Jesus come? Why do, we, why do we get all excited about Jesus? We look at this scripture here, and this is, this, is, this is the heart of the message. Many of us have known John three sixteen since we were little bitty boys and girls. This is a little different translation, but I, I love the way it talks about what Jesus came to do. Read with me, if you would. This is how much God loved the world. And, and listen, Easter is about the greatest love story ever. And you can, you know, all of you like those, uh, well, not all of us, but some of you, like those soap operas. And there are some guys that I've heard like soap operas, okay? We like the love stories. You know, these these uh, chick flicks, we call it. We go to those. You know, our, our wife drags us to those from time to time. Or you guys, uh, the girls make you take them there on a date or something. But we like the love story. We like the happy ending. And guys, I'm telling you, the story of Easter, even though it's it's uh, racked with suffering and pain and all those things, and we'll look a little bit at that this morning, I want you to know that if you believe in Jesus Christ, there is a happy ending, amen? There is a happy ending to this story. And so we look at this. He gave his son his one and only son. I was thinking about Steve Kirk a while ago as, as, as Will stood up here. And, and I think for a moment probably Steve thought about what would it be like if that was my boy. Because in that, in that depiction that our teens did, Will was playing the part of Christ, and and it had to cross Steve's mind. How how would I I go about handling that if that was my boy? And and I thought about, how would I go about handling that if that was my daughter? And and Christ came, God God gave him. He didn't just send him and say, go in there and see what's going on, but he he gave him to pay the ultimate price so that we could have eternal life. I think about that. It's It's hard to grasp. Not only did he just give up one of his sons, he gave up his one and only son. His one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. I love that. No one, no one needs to go to hell. No one needs to go and spend eternity without Jesus. He's, did this, he's done this so everyone can know him. No one need be destroyed. By believing in him, any, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Listen to this. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger. He didn't come here to say, you're guilty, and you're guilty, and you're guilty, and I'm guilty, and you're guilty. We was already guilty, amen? He came to, he came to change things. He didn't, came to, he didn't come to point out our flaws and our defects. We were already defected. We're already broken. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, every one of us. There's nobody in this room any better than the other. I love that about church. We're not here because we're good people. We're here because we love Jesus and we need him every day. We're not here because we're better than anybody. We're not here because we don't sin as much as anybody. I sin every day. I am a wretched sinner without Christ. But because of his love for me and my belief in him, I can have eternal life and I have been redeemed. I've been made right. I've been made righteous through Jesus Christ. And all of you, many of you know that same feeling today. You know what it's like to be right in the sight of Christ. He didn't merely point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help and to put the world right again. Think about that. He came to help and put the world right again. Now, sometimes when things are going on in our life, and people will come in and they'll try to fix it, okay? Are you a fixer? They say a lot of us guys are fixers. My wife sometimes, she'll get on to me and say, I don't want you to fix it, I just want you to listen. Okay? I said, well, if you let me help you and fix it, we can go on to something else. But she don't get it that way, you know? She wants me to just listen, all right? And, and I'm trying to do better, but I'm still a long way off. And sometimes when we get involved in trying to help other people with their problems, we kind of make it worse. Let's just be honest, you know? Because I want you to do it my way, and, and, and Gary wants you to do it his way, and Danny wants to do it his way, and you just kind of butt heads, all right? But listen, when we talk about Christ... He didn't come to mix it up worse. He didn't come to make it worse. He came to fix the world, to, to make it right, to, to give us a hope in, in a way like none other. Well, how did he do that? How did he do that? Let's visit some of the, the crucifixion this morning. I, I just think we can't come into an Easter service and not visit some of the crucifixion, some of what he went through for us. In Luke 23, this is in the back of the Christmas book, all right? Luke 2 is in the front. Here's the back of the book, the back of the gospel, the back of the good news. That's what gospel means, the good news. When they came to the place called the skull, this was a rock formation that looked like a skull, if you looked at it close. It looked like it had eyes, and, and it was just a place of death. We talked with the young people this morning that there were Roman soldiers, and that's what they did for a living, was just crucified people. Can you imagine coming to work every day and that's your job? Today I get to put five people to death on the cross. We also talked about crucifixion. This was the worst form of death ever. There was no other way that was worse than this in all of mankind. Why didn't God choose to send his son when injection was the time, the best way to die? Why didn't God send his son to die in a much simpler way? Why did God send his only son to die during the worst time in all of human history when there was crucifixion? And we're reminded of the verse once again, if I be lifted up. I will draw all men to me. Guys, that picture of him on the cross, his arms are widespread, and he's calling all for salvation. Not willing that any should perish, but that everyone would come to know him. They crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, another on his left. And Jesus said, and you can already see grace starting to unfold here. Father, forgive them. They, they don't understand what they're doing. And this is after they've beat him beyond recognition. The Bible said they couldn't even recognize he was a man anymore. They they stripped the the flesh from his sides. They had put a, a crown of thorns on his head. They had plucked his beard out. They had just beaten him up, something fierce. And he's looking down at him, by the way, with six-and-eight-inch nails in his hands and feet saying, Father, forgive them. I don't understand what they're doing. Guys, there's there's no greater love than that. The Bible says no greater love has man than to lay down his life for a friend. And, guys, I I know sometimes we say, Brother Todd, I, I know this story. I've heard this story. Every Easter I come to church, I hear this story. And, you know, I thought about that, and I thought about you know, is there some way I could make this look different? Or is there some way to dress this up different? or? But you know what? And me and Danny were talking this morning. I read something this week that just got my attention about this. If you'll notice in your life, every day something changes, amen? Every day in your life something changes. And Sometimes it's for the worst. Sometimes it's, it's, the, it's the worst thing possible. You've lost a loved one someone is diagnosed with cancer someone has had an accident someone is breaking up And, and guys it's just changing all the time technology and and everything we look at it's just never the same it's not the same two days in a row i don't even act the same two days in a row but you know what i love about easter it never changes It never changes. And guys, if ever in our life, in this world, we need something solid, it's now. And we need something that we can go to every day, and it's still always the same. And this story about a man that came and died for you and me, that took all of our sins on the cross and paid the price for our sins, it is reassuring to know that he still loves me, that he still died for me, that he still went to that grave and he still arose on the third day and he's still by his father's side and he's waiting for us to come home with him someday. And that is assuring today. That does not change. The Lord your God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love that about Easter. I love it that that story is the same every year. It doesn't change. Next year when you come here, it's not going to say, oh, by the way, this year God quit loving you. Oh, by the way, Jesus was crucified again, and this time he didn't rise again. Oh, by the way, God's decided we're just such a bunch of losers that he's not going to let us go to heaven. It never changes. It never changes. And I love the solidness of that. As we look forward to the next screen, Jesus suffers. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. This was about, this is what we call Good Friday. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eliah, Elijah lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We asked this question this morning. Why did God have to turn his back on his own son? Have you ever been out of sorts with your, with your kids and you didn't talk for a while? Man, it just breaks your heart. It just breaks your heart. And guys, here out of none of the Lord's choosing, as far as he didn't do anything wrong, he chose to die for us, don't get me wrong, but he decided to take our sin, your sin and my sin and all the sin of mankind and pay the price and for that moment when all that ugliness was heaped upon Jesus Christ his own father said I can't look at you. That's because of you and me. That's because he loved us. That's because when we talked about last week when he prayed in the garden not your will but my will be done not my will but your will be done he he knew what he was fixing to face. He knew what he was going to have to go through. He knew that his holiness was going to be bashed by the sin of all mankind. And he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. He said, there's no other way. There's no other way. I want you to think about the awfulness of crucifixion for just a minute. As I said earlier, at the time of crucifixion, it was the worst, worst death ever only the worst criminals condemned to be crucified yet it was even more dreadful for jesus for unlike other criminals condemned to death by crucifixion jesus was nailed to the cross by his hands and his feet rather than tie- tied some of them they would just tie him up there we've seen that depicted in shows and things but jesus was nailed the nails were driven into his wrist sometimes we think about the palm but Most of them believe that that research crucifixion believes that he was nailed with six to eight inch nails through his wrist. There's a tendon in your wrist that extends to your shoulder. And the Roman guards knew that where the nails were being hammered into the wrist, the tendon would tear. And it would break, forcing Jesus to use his back muscles to support himself so he could breathe. He's hanging here. Six, eight-inch nails through his wrist. It said it would eventually break your shoulders, and your, you would you would grow about two inches in length in your arms. And they forced him when those tendons tore, he couldn't hold himself up anymore by his arms. He had to use his back muscles and just tense up and try to, because he was trying to breathe. Both of his feet were nailed together. Thus he was forced to support himself on a single nail. He could, they could have nailed one foot and one foot, but they put them together, so all his weight is on one single nail. Impaled his feet to the cross, Jesus could not support himself with his legs for long because of the pain, so he was forced to alternate between arching his back and using his legs just to continue to breathe. Imagine the struggle, the pain, and the suffering, and the courage. His feet would hurt so bad that he couldn't push up with his feet anymore. He'd push up with his back. Then he'd get a little bit more breath, and he'd push up with his feet, and he'd push up with his back. Jesus endured this reality for over three hours. I don't don't think I could handle it for 30 seconds. We're going to be in here about 30 minutes today as far as preaching time. Can you imagine just standing here with nails through your hands and feet for 30 minutes? Do do you understand how much he loves you? Do you understand the suffering that he went through? From common images, we've seen wounds to his hands and feet, even the spear wound to his side. But do we remember the many wounds made to his body? Think, think about this. Have you ever tried to hammer a board and a nail and miss the nail? Think about as they're hammering, hammering those nails into his wrist and feet. Think about when the Roman soldier misses the nail and smashes your arm and your feet with a sledgehammer. You say, Brother Dot, we need to get into something more. This is kind of gross. Guys, we need to realize there was a price paid for us. And this and this gets really easy to say, oh, okay, Jesus died. He rose again. All right, let's have Easter, let's have dinner, we're good to go. Guys, this was a huge price. And and listen to me, this wasn't just a common criminal that deserved it. This was God's son. This was perfection. He didn't deserve it. Roman guards piercing his side with a spear, and before the nails and spear, Jesus was whipped and beaten. At the end, he had no more blood. He had bled out over five liters of blood. And this was after walking a mile, 1.2 miles with the cross and carrying a cross beam that would have weighed about 60 to 70 pounds after he had been beaten mercilessly from the Roman soldiers. Next screen, please. I love what he said at the end, though. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then he said the three greatest words of all human history. Y'all know them. It is, say it with me, finished. No more. No more do we have to guess how to get to heaven. No more does our Savior have to be crucified and nailed to a cross. No more do you have to wonder if I can be good enough to get to heaven. Guys, let me just answer that question for you real quick. There is no one in this room that's going to be good enough to get to heaven. None of us. You know how we're going to get there? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. We won't stand up in heaven someday and say, man, I did a great job. I was a good church-going person. I didn't hardly cuss at all. I didn't do anything. I was good. That's why I'm here. Nope. You're here because this man died on the cross for you and me. You're here because he spilt all that blood for you and me. And then he gave up his spirit. Listen to me. None of this happened that Jesus didn't know was coming. Nobody took your Lord's life. You say, them stinking Roman soldiers, they were so awful and mean, and yeah, they were cruel people, but they didn't cause that all to happen. Jesus allowed it to happen. Because at the moment, the old song says he could have called 10,000 angels, but he stayed and he died and he paid the price so you and I can have eternal life. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. This was Joseph. Then he took it down wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. The amazing thing about that last part of that verse is the Jewish people had been praying for a Messiah for thousands of years. They had prayed and prayed, and Jewish girls had prayed that they could be the mother of the Messiah, and they had went every Sabbath day to pray and look forward to a Messiah, and here they're hurrying up and getting this body off the cross so they can have church. And they forgot. And they didn't even see that the one they'd been praying for was hanging before them on a cross what a sad picture of us we're that way sometime Jesus has done abundant for us amen he's done so much for us he's done amazing things for us and we have a hard time just thanking him before we even eat our our hamburger we have a hard time just taking time to come and be a a part of who he is we have a hard time finding time just to read his word We have a hard time just finding time to talk to him in prayer. We're too busy doing life. And that's the way it was here in Jerusalem. They were too busy doing life. They had to hurry up and get to church. And they forgot what they were going to church for. So it's over. Turn out the lights. Another radical movement has been squashed Another guy that promised the world didn't deliver. It's all over. It's all over. Hmm. Then came Sunday. Then came Sunday. Let's read about his resurrection. He's alive. Everybody say that with me. He's alive. One more time. He's alive. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but they when they entered They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Everybody say amen to that. They didn't find him. Oh, somebody stole him. Oh, he was in a coma. He really just kind of broke out of that, you know. No, Lord, the, the Bible says Jesus died. Jesus died. But when they went back on that first day of the week, that's why we celebrate church on the first day of the week now. When they went back on the Lord's day, he wasn't there. Let's look a little further. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like light and stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Isn't that great? Guys, I tell you what, there's a lot of people looking for the dead among the living today, to be honest with you. A lot of us are looking for dead things that's not going to get us anywhere. We're putting our hope and our future and our trust in dead things and things that don't exist and things that are material. Let me, let me just beg you this morning with all that I have as a pastor. Put your hope in a living person. And his name is Jesus Christ. Put your hope in him. One more. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you why he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over the hands of sinners. Be crucified. Be crucified. And on the third day, be raised again. And then what does it say? Then they remembered his words. Remember those words today, guys? You remember what Easter is about? His death, burial, resurrection. The new life that he has for all of you that will ask. He's got that for you. He's not willing that any should perish. Let me show you the heart of Easter. Let me show you how much it's about right here. Last screen, we're going to close. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why I said no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Not me, Brother Todd. He wouldn't save me. You, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You know what? The Bible tells me he'll save you. Bible said there's not anything that you've done that he won't save you. The only, the only thing that will send you to a devil's hell is this, rejecting this Easter story. That, that's, if you say, Brother Todd, this is great, and I'm glad to be here with my family, and I'm glad to see them, but I, I just don't believe that a man come and died on a cross, and maybe he did die, but I don't believe a man could get up out of a grave, and I don't believe he's in heaven today, and I don't believe he died for my sins. That is the only thing that will send you to hell. Not believing in the Easter story. Everything else that you've ever done will not send you to hell. Because Christ died for that. The only thing that you can go to hell for is rejecting this story. Rejecting Jesus. Rejecting Jesus. So don't be worried. Don't don't say it's too late for me. I believe with all my heart as long as a man has breath it's not too late. Because I know the grace of Jesus. And I know it's great. I know it's extending. I know it's ever unfolding. I know when I need more, he gives me more. I know when I need more grace, I see more grace. And he does the same thing for you every day. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point accusing fingers. We said earlier, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help put the world right again. Listen to this. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Not guilty. That's some of the greatest words probably you could hear in a court of law. Not guilty. Let me tell you about the greatest words you can hear in the court of Christ. Not guilty. Not guilty. You're acquitted. You're acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind, son of God, when introduced to him. It's not something that you... You did necessarily, they don't, he, he hasn't saved you yet. You were born that way. You were born that way. We were born into sin. I've told you all many times, I haven't had to teach my daughters how to lie or, or, or tell big stories, and he's five years old. She can tell big stories with any of them, you know. She can tell you a big, windy one, as we used to say. I didn't teach her that. I don't bring the girls around and say, all right, girls, tonight I'm going to teach you how to lie. They know how to do that because of the sin in our life. But God said, I can, I can make you not guilty. If you'll trust in my one and only son, I can save you. I can turn your world upside down and make it better and stronger and greater than ever before. And all you have to do is trust me. You see, Time, that seems pretty easy. Guys, listen, as you look at the Easter story, Jesus done all the work. Isn't that amazing? Jesus did all the work. He suffered, took a beating, was nailed to a cross, crown of thorns, spear to the side, beard plucked out, cursed, spat upon, laid in a a borrowed tomb. But then his father said, enough is enough. And he raised him out of that grave. And now, here's your part. Here's your part. Believe what we just said. Isn't that something? That's it. Believe that what we just said is true. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he died, was buried, and rose again. And believe that he wants to be your Lord and Savior that's it he'll do it he'll take it from there for all that call upon the name of the lord shall be saved and guys listen to me i know we're sitting in a baptist church today but this ain't about i'm not asking you to be a baptist right now all right if you want to pick to be a baptist you want to pick come to our church we'd love to have you don't get me wrong we'd love to have you but i want you to know when you walk out that door today for easter to celebrate with your family and to eat ham and and potato salad and hunt eggs and eat chocolate bunnies and all those things. I want you to know that I belong to Jesus Christ. That's what will make Easter special. And then they won't be able to tell you this story enough because the more we hear it, the sweeter it gets. And the more we hear it, the more I want to hear it because this is where my hope lies. As we heard this morning, guys, if if, if there's non-believers out there then, and they say that Easter stuff is a bunch of mess, then they are to pity us. That's what David Platt said. He said, they are not to pity us because we're putting all of our hope and trust in something that isn't real, if that's the case. But, but, if it is real, it is eternal, it is everlasting, it is something you do not want to get wrong. You do not want to get it wrong well prove that it happened I can tell you a few things over 500 people saw Jesus alive Jesus ate food with them after he rose from the dead I know that men gave their life for this story now listen to me if if about five of us guys got together and concocted a story say hey we're gonna do this okay we're gonna do this and here's the story and, and we go out there, and all of a sudden, somebody finds us out. And they go, all right, now here's the deal. If you're lying, if you're, li- if you're, if you're telling the truth, I'm fixing to put a bullet in your head. But if you're not, then, then, you know, you just take the consequences. These men and these women that believe that Jesus died for them, that they saw him alive, they said, we're going to put you to death. And they said, you've got to go ahead and do it, because... We know what we've seen, we know what we've experienced, and Jesus is alive. And they died for the cause of Christ. Just this week in Kenya, they walked into a college and said, if you believe in Jesus Christ, we're fixing to blow you away. They killed over 150 kids at that college. They would not deny their Christ. Guys, listen to me. This happened 2,000 years ago. If this is a big farce and this is a big ruse and this is a big lie, guys, listen, lies come and go. Millie Vanilli comes and goes, you know what I mean? You remember years ago, these guys were fake singers, you know, and we don't know who that is now. It's crazy. But this story is real. 2,000 years later, still people are standing and saying, go ahead and pull the trigger. I will not deny my Christ. That lets me know this is a real deal. This is a real deal. And I also believe this if we got to prove that he did did rise again, you got to prove that he didn't rise again. You prove to me he didn't. We joke and we play and we wonder and we are quiet and we cower down while people around the globe are giving their life for the cause of Christ. This is real. I believe with all my heart is as real as the nose on my face. And that's not because I'm a great guy. That's because as I believe more in Christ, it's not seeing is believing, it's believing is seeing. The more I grow in him, the more I read his word, the more I feel his presence in my life, I know it's not a lie. I know this is real. And here's the other thing. It's so real to me, I want everybody else to know it because I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I want everyone that possibly wants to go to go because Jesus said, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance through Jesus Christ. That's what it's about, guys. That's what it's about. It's not a lie. It's not a joke. It's not something that people just made up to just make us feel good on Sunday. It's not a place we just come to to be a country club. We can do that down at the golf course. This is a place where we come broken together. You know, we're all broken. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's a wonderful new song out that says, if we all must be broken, why can't we be broken together? And take our hurts and our pains and our sins and bring them together and live for him and let him heal us and let him mend us and let him bring us together to the greatest experience ever in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that I know can fix us. And he can fix you forever and ever and ever. The only way to make it is to be broken together through Jesus. And he will begin to mend and to fix and to heal your heart. Don't we serve a great God? Isn't this a wonderful story? Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Oh, how he loves you and me. Guys, please listen to me. Do not leave this place without knowing that he loves you today. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Let's bow together. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you one question. Not going to embarrass you, not going to come back there, not going to pull you up here. This all happens right at your chair today. Do you know him? Do you really know him? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Have you thanked him for dying on the cross for you? Have you asked him to save you and make you a new person? If you have, I want you to thank him right now. Thank him for the price that he paid. Thank him for the life that he's gave you. If you've never asked him to save you, you can do that right now. Just just repeat after me, right there where you're at with your head bowed. Dear Lord. I believe this story is real. Dear Lord, I believe you died for me. Dear Lord, I believe you want to save me today. Right here on this Easter Sunday, the most holy of all Sundays. And Lord, I'm going to give you my life. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've got a lot of bumps and flaws. But Lord, I know you can make me right because of who you are. Lord, save me today. Thank you for saving me. And Lord, help me to live for you each day. In your precious name, I pray.